Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Well, welcome to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you're probably listening to this program on January 31st, so Happy New Year's Eve. But I should still want to say Merry Christmas to you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. People might be wondering, why are we going to say Merry Christmas on January 31st? Christmas is over, Dr. Sandoval. Well, not really. And we're going to talk about why that is. Um, today, I have a very special guest on my show. Uh, you, some of you might have seen a show with her before. This is my wife, Ashley. Ashley, say hi to our listeners. Hi. And so welcome to the show, Ashley. Today's a great show because we have so much to talk about. January 31st, we're still in the Christmas season. We're going to be celebrating the new year. Um, and we're going to talk about really what does that mean for us as Catholics? Because I know that we go around and we, we have our celebrations of Christmas, New Year's, our decorations, things that we expect. But as a Catholic, what does that really mean for us to celebrate that? But as we start here at the clinic, um, we're going to start with a prayer as we normally do. And since we are Virgin Most Powerful Radio, why don't we start with a Hail Mary? Ashley, do you want to lead us in the Hail Mary? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hey, Ash, go ahead and move the microphone a little bit closer to you, just like mine. There you go. And if you're joining us today, we did not color coordinate, obviously. I wore my, my smock today because I said, welcome to the clinic. And I was thinking, you know, I had this in my car. One, it was a little bit cold, so I wanted to stay warm. But on the other hand, I thought, you know, this is the clinic. So we talk about mental health, spiritual health, and physical health. And so it's important to remember that, you know, this is a clinic. We are, we are going to talk about medical issues, but we always want to relate it to what does this mean for us spiritually? How do we get that medicine? Ultimately, the medicine is always the same. The, the, the medication for whatever your ails are, whatever you feel your wounds are, wherever you feel that you're either broken or you need a physician, the answer is Jesus Christ. That's going to be the, at the end of the day that's your medication i can't give you better medicine than that you know and so today though what we want to talk about is one i want to say merry christmas it's january 31st right today our focus is going to be on resolutions right because we love to talk about resolutions and the new year and whatnot but i'm saying merry christmas in the new year today january 31st we celebrate i'm sorry i keep saying january 31st don't i that's because that's what I wrote accidentally. It's December 31st when you should be listening to this. So that's why it's going to be for the new year. Um, but we say Merry Christmas because we are in the octave of Christmas. The octave of Christmas is not over until tomorrow. It is a solemn week. It's a solemnity of the octave of Christmas. And it's not going to end until tomorrow when we have uh, New Year's Day and we celebrate Mary, Mother of God. So, Ashley, what do you think about that? What do you think about hearing the, the, the phrase Merry Christmas on December 31st? Well, I think to us, um, it can actually be a very common phrase, but to a lot of people, it can be kind of shocking or off-putting or confusing because um, one of the things is I've noticed as a lot of people assume things like the 12 days of Christmas are the days leading up to Christmas or, um, you know, just Christmas ends on Christmas Day or, you know, the Christmas season ends New Year's and a lot of people don't um, understand Christmas being celebrated through January 6th or, you know, on um, the entire Christmas season. So I think it's great to continue to remind people that 
every day of the Christmas season is Merry Christmas. It's not just one day. You're right. And if you listen to our show, to my show last week, we, we discussed that. We discussed about how really Christmas, when we say Merry Christmas, it's December 25th. It's actually the start of Christmas. It's kind of like if you're celebrating your birthday and somebody a month beforehand tells you, hey, happy birthday. And you're going to say, well, it's not my birthday. My birthday is not for another month. And you're going to say, yeah, but I started celebrating early. They might think, are you really celebrating my birthday? As we say Merry Christmas, it's re- it really should be Happy Birthday, Baby Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And so all of a sudden, we celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th, and now we are in, into the octave of Christmas. And so we had gone through this before. Today, being December 31st, uh, as you're listening to this, should be the feast of St. Sylvester. And St. Sylvester is an important uh, uh, um, pope in our um in our lineage of popes. But one of the important things about him is I was reading about him and learning because I thought to myself, well, what is this? Who is St. Sylvester? You know, when you start thinking about the octave, why are, why did the church set up these different saint days uh, for the solemnity of Christmas? Because it's not by accident. Well, if we read about St. Sylvester, I'm just going to read my notes here. Um, it was that he was ordained the pope by St. Uh, Marce- Marcellinus, Sorry, I got to get my pronunciations right. Uh, during the peace that preceded the persecutions of Diocletian. So he was ordained during a time of peace that preceded persecutions. If we look at the week, like we were discussing last week, if we look at the week of the octave and we're saying Merry Christmas on New Year's Eve, um, we look at the fact that Christ was born and we say holy night, silent night is a time of peace, peace on earth, goodwill to, to men. Um, you know, the shepherds came and worshiped him. The Magi are looking for him. Well, the Magi are going to come on January 6th. But um, we look at that week afterwards. It's not a, necessarily a week of peace. Right, we look at December twenty-sixth. It's our first martyr. It's it, it's uh, Saint uh, Stephen, who was a deacon, and he's the first martyr of our church. Uh, then we have December twenty-seventh, which is the feast of Saint John the Evangelist. Right, he wrote the gospel. He's letting us know, reminding us in his gospel that Christ is God. It's a very theologically based. Uh, gospel when you read about it. It all points to Christ being the Messiah, being truly God. And then we have December 28th, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. So first we have death on the 26th. We have December 28th where we have the Holy Innocents when Herod killed all the innocent children. Then we have December 29th, uh, St. Thomas Beckett, who was also a martyr, shed his blood for the faith. And now we have, and and then I'm sorry, we have December 30th, which is the Holy Family leading up to this. The Holy Family being that that is our unit. That is how we see our faith uh, in our sacraments. We have the sacrament of marriage, which really that was the first sacrament we see God institute ever since Adam and Eve. And now we get to the feast of St. Sylvester, who was a pope. And like I said, he was ordained uh, during the time of peace that preceded persecution. So all of a sudden we get back to persecutions. And this is really a reminder that when we're saying Merry Christmas, we're really saying this is the birth of Christ, but there comes at a price. Once we're going to choose to follow Christ, all of a sudden we have to start thinking about martyrdom. The The church doesn't skip a beat. It doesn't say, hey, take time to celebrate your presence. Christ was born, and look at this week, people shed blood for this child. What do you think about that, Ash? Well, I think it's um, it's a very important thing to focus on during this time. And, and like you were saying, uh, during this time, um, a lot of times the, the true meaning of Christmas um, gets lost in Santa and reindeer and presents, which are all, you know, wonderful things. But, um, you know, when we really step back and we look at um, – what is the point and what is the meaning of everything and you know it's it's one of the things that we really try and focus on with our children is what exactly are we celebrating that just this year specifically we had a lot of discussions with the children about why was jesus born in a manger and not a palace um you know what does it mean that the king of the world was 
born into nothing because we have to talk about what is the real meaning. It means that Christ the King came, but he was born in a manger, which is really contradictory to what we hear about kings and palaces and and things like that. And that's really the beginning of, if you look at this whole week, you know, um, it's it's a very joyous time, but at the same time, it's very solemn because the birth of Christ was not a worldly magnificent event, obviously very spiritually magnificent, but in terms of how we view things materially and um, in, on what we look at of what is physically important in the world, his birth was, um, you know, not on a grand scale. And so it really sets the tone for well, we really need to look deeper into the season and look at what really is the meaning behind why did it begin this way and what what is to come, what is to follow after that. You know, one of the interesting things is that as Catholics, you know, we try to teach our children, and really I think we try to teach the public because I know last week we talked about we've got to keep Christ in Christmas. Why would, you know, people or society, why all of a sudden do we see Christ being taken out of Christmas or, you know, being uh, not really wanting to be thought of that? I talked a little bit about people who want to celebrate a secular Christmas, which I thought was a, a very big, you know, oxymoron. And how do you have a secular Christmas? You know, it's like, how do you have a, a secular Christ? It doesn't really work that way. But one of the things that I find interesting, and this is why I want to keep reminding myself to say Merry Christmas, even on New Year's Eve and and to celebrate the octave and really celebrate Christmas the way the church uh, has laid it out for us, which is really smart, um, is, you know, when I'm teaching my kids, and you're right, they come up with these questions because we sit there and we talk about the Christmas story and being the Christmas story of Christ. I have to specify that because when they're when they're watching the cartoons, which are great, and I remember growing up with all these great cartoons during Christmas time, they're all about Santa and they're all about the reindeer and they're all about how Christmas is going to get ruined if Santa can't get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, really, that's what it comes down to when you look at the majority of these cartoons. Is oh my goodness, Santa can't get out and give the presents. Christmas is ruined. How did we save Christmas? Because we fixed Santa's sleigh that was broken, or all of a sudden, you know, a, a wonderful uh, reindeer with a big, uh, bright red nose came out, and now all of a sudden during a storm, now Santa can make his present rounds. So Christmas is saved. And I think that those are fun stories. I think that they're great stories. I think it, it really uh, lends itself to that cheerful part of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really uh, reminds me when I look at this, when I look at the way the church uh, celebrates it, that I have to remind my kids and keep reminding them, you know, these are great stories, but Christmas isn't about the presents. Truly, it's not about, you know, Santa's sleigh. I think I want to look at the cheerfulness of Christmas and the excitement of Christmas, um, the way that we celebrate the saint today. If we look at uh, how we celebrate this Pope, and like I said, it was uh, he was ordained Pope right before the time of the persecutions, then we got to remember what were those Christians like while they were being persecuted? Were they sad? Were they scared? I'm sure that there was an element of fear, but at the end of the day, we got to remember they had that joy in them that they were going to be persecuted, but they were singing and they said, why are these Christians singing? What This is so odd. Why are they so happy when they're going to be killed? And it was that joy of Christ that they carried with them. What do you think about that? No, I mean, I definitely think that it's um, extremely important during this this time that we that we focus on um, the entire season as a whole and, you know, that it's not just one day, that it's an entire season and that we realize that, you know, as you were saying, that that people are singing as they're being, um, you know, persecuted and on their way to death for for Christ, that we realize that is the entire reason for the season, not just the one day, but the entire season. And it's so much more than than presents and, and decorations and lights and that, if we cannot sing in our darkest moments on earth, 
f- for um, what we're accomplishing for the Lord in heaven, then what is it really all about? Because it's the earthly celebrations and the earthly physical things that don't matter. It's what our our soul is doing and what we are doing to prepare to meet Christ in, in the in the eternal. And I know that at Christmas time we do celebrate the birth, but that also leads us from the beginning, the birth to the end of the story, you know, which is death. And so it's extremely important to always be focusing on the the joy of everything that we do for Christ, even in our earthly suffering. You know, and that's one of the things, that's why this show is going to be called, or that's why this show is called my Christmas resolutions. I know we talk about New Year's resolutions, but I want to talk about Christmas resolutions because um, while we think about the new year and happy new year and, you know, everybody wants to make their New Year's resolutions, um, I'm thinking for myself, gosh, I want to do Christmas resolutions. And what I mean by that is I want to make a resolution this year. My, my resolution, a lot of people say, oh, I want to, you know, learn how to play an instrument or I want to go exercise more or I want to follow this new diet, this new fad. One of the things that I was thinking for myself, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and um, I want you to share your resolutions, which I don't know. I don't even know what your New Year's <laughs> resolution is. So I want to hear about that. But <clears throat> one of the things that I was thinking for myself is what kind of a resolution can I make that really makes a difference, and, and how is that going to happen for me? Well, one of the things that I did is I looked up the word resolution. A little later on in the show, where I want to discuss some of the different definitions that I found about resolution. What does the word resolution really mean? Uh, it actually has multiple meanings, and I thought they were all very meaningful for us as Catholics. So as we're starting to think about, well, what am I going to do for the new year, and how am I going to um, be, uh, shall we say, a better person, right? Because isn't that what people say when they're mm-hmm. doing their resolutions? Is, how can I improve myself? It's how can I be a better person? Well, how can I become a better Catholic? You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that during our show. Uh, one thing I want to remind my list, our listeners about, a couple things. One, if you do have questions or, or comments, uh, feel free to log into your emails um, and you can always send me an email. And my email is doctor, it's dr.sandoval, S-A-N-D-O-V-A-L. And then the letters V-M-P-R, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, at gmail.com. So Dr. Sandoval, there is a dot after the R, Dr. Sandoval, V-M-P-R, uh, at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or you have any ideas of what kind of shows you want to um, have, uh, uh, any topics you want to have on our shows, always willing uh, to listen to that. I want to thank all the listeners who have already emailed me. Uh, usually it's questions about family, about uh, how do I know if I'm getting the right help for my loved one? How do I know that they're not spiritually afflicted versus mentally afflicted uh, versus, you know, physically affi- afflicted? And I'm more than happy to contact you. You know, I'm, I'm, I love uh, calling our listeners or being able to answer through email because really that's what that's what the show is all about right it's about us sharing our catholic faith and really trying to understand how do we function on this earth mentally physically spiritually um and what does that all mean to us how do i tell the difference between am i being afflicted because i need to do something spiritual what kind of help can i give to my loved one my cousin my brother my and uncle who is being afflicted and what can I do for them? So always happy to help really a joy to listen, uh, from, to our, our listeners also in future shows. Normally, uh, I try to record these shows on Saturday mornings. So if you want to log in on Saturday mornings and send me emails, I'll be checking those as well. Uh, you can send them to the same email address and I'll be checking that in case there's any questions or anything like that. Usually around Saturday between, oh, say, uh, 10 and, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, nine o'clock in the morning and about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific Standard Time. Um, and lastly, well, we're going to go on our break, actually. Let's go on our break, and before and when we come back, I'll tell you uh, about an exciting uh, conference coming up. But until then, uh, today we're going to be talking about my Christmas resolutions, which are really New Year's resolutions, and uh, I hope everybody's having a good time out there. I'll see you after the break. 
All right. Welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show, and I am Dr. Sandoval here today, joined by my lovely wife, Ashley. Um, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions and what it is that we're going to think about as Catholics. How do we approach the New Year? How should we think about the New Year as Catholics? Uh, one of the things that I want to remind our listeners about is that we are going to have a wonderful conference, a, a spiritual warfare conference, always a very popular conference for us. It's going to be January 16th. You're going to be listening to high intel Catholic information on spiritual warfare uh, given to you by uh, Jesse Romero and uh, Dan Schneider. Always great to listen to those guys talk about the Liber Cristo movement, uh, which I think is wonderful and a great way to approach uh, deliverance and, and spiritual warfare. Um, but today we're talking about resolutions and New Year's resolutions in particular. Um, but really, if we're going to talk about that, one of the things that we want to think about is what does it mean that we have a new year? What, what is this year all about? Why do we have different years, you know, we, we say that we're the year 2020, which was a bit of a whirlwind for most people. Um, and they, you know, challenges, you know, left and right and no, no, uh, shortage of, of stress there, um, you know, between, uh, viruses and pandemics and lockdowns and elections and, you know, a lot of upheaval out there. And so a lot of people are really looking forward to this year ending, but actually, what does it really mean when we're saying, Hey, we're going to have a new year. We're going to have new year, 2021. What are we marking with 2021? What does that mean? Well, to a lot of people, it means hopefully the end of the COVID lockdowns. And it means, um, you know, this is the year they're going to get fit and, you know, everything like that. So, um, but the reality is we're talking about a new year in God. As much as people might want to say, oh, New Year's is New Year's and there's no way you can make it religious. It's a secular celebration. It's it's a lunar thing. It's, you know, you can say all this, but the truth of the matter is we're celebrating the year 2021 AD. And that all started with BC. And then once Christ was born, we got year one. <laughs> so, right. So ultimately what we're celebrating is we're saying it's the year 2021, the year of our Lord, right? Because if we look at history, what the year of what, what are we marking? What's the point of marking? It's 2021 years since what, you know? And if we look at it, it's really AD or in Latin, we say Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord. What we're really marking is 2021 years since the birth of our Lord. If you notice something now, there's the whole world goes off of this calendar. You know, it's an event. It's something that happened. One thing that I was looking up and which I found interesting because I thought, well, then how would we mark the BC years? Obviously we can say, well, from the year of our Lord, we can count backwards. But before Christ was born, how did they mark the years? What, what was it? And really what it was, was events, you know, um, it could be the year that a new temple was built. It could be the year uh, that a new king was in place. It could be the year they're saying, wait a minute, we start the clock over because something major happened. And this is now what we're following. Really what we're following is we're saying, hey, this is when Jesus Christ was born, and now this is what the world follows. We, the Happy New Year, you know, when we say New Year, uh, it really is the year of our Lord. We are still following, if you will, a Catholic calendar. It's the calendar of Christ every year. So for us to say Happy New Year, that's really important. And Ashley, you were telling me something very important too. Um, you know, we're going to go back to the resolutions and New Year's and, and what, does, what does that mean for us and why I call mine Christmas resolutions. Uh, most people are going to say they're New Year's resolutions. But you were mentioning something too, uh, important to me when we talk about Advent and Christmas and New Year's and some people celebrate Hanukkah and some people have, you know, different celebrations and people say Happy Holidays. What does happy holidays really mean? Well, happy holidays really means happy holy days. 
And some people try and say, no, we say happy holidays because it's secular. We say happy holidays because not everyone celebrates Christmas. Well, what is our holiday season? Our holiday season is Christmas, which cannot be secular as much as people try and and pretend that it can be. Without the birth of Christ, there is no Christmas. Um, what would you would have happy Santa present day, happy um winter present day. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what you would have, but Christ is Christmas. That That's just how it is. And you can also, in the time, celebrate Hanukkah, which is an absolutely religious holiday as well. Um, nothing secular about Hanukkah. And so when you say happy holidays, you're saying happy holy days, and that's exactly what we are celebrating. And same as New Year's. When we say happy New Year's, that's also included in happy holidays. And as we were talking about, that is a happy holy day as well. It is the next year marked in the birth of our Lord. That's right. It's the birth of our Lord. Now, somebody might even go so far as to say, well, hang on there, Dr. Sandoval. You know, if I'm saying happy holidays, what about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving has nothing to do with religion. And I would dare say the way I recall Thanksgiving was it was a Thanksgiving of what? You know, the pilgrims were here. They had met the Native Americans. The pilgrims were in a new land. And if I recall correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was that they had survived the rough winter and they had a harvest and they had food and they survived the year. And they were giving Thanksgiving to God, Mm -hmm. right? They weren't thanking the Native Americans per se. They were thanking them as saying, hey, thanks for helping us out. And I believe they had a big feast. But what it was was, you know, thank you, God, for bringing us to this new land, for helping us thrive and for surviving you know, our, our time here in this land. So even the Thanksgiving uh, holiday is, a, you know, we celebrated a Thanksgiving for what are we grateful mm-hmm. for? Um, but as Catholics, we know that everything that we get, everything that's good, everything that we're going to be grateful for comes from God anyway. Absolutely. So if I'm sitting there around the, the Thanksgiving uh, dinner table, we can say I'm thankful for family, which God gave me the family. Mm-hmm. God, you know, God chose my parents for me, right? And God chose me for my parents for better or for worse. <laughs> <So> I have <laughs> to ask my parents on that one and see how they feel about that. But, um, but you know, all these holidays really do have a religious base. And I thought that was really interesting when you mentioned that to me as we say happy holidays. I never really thought about calling it happy holy days. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it, it's it's definitely true that, um, you know, as much as we can incorporate secular elements into the holidays, the truth of the matter is that you cannot remove um, Jesus Christ, God, from these holy days, because that's exactly what it is. Without them, there would be no celebration, no no reason to celebrate. And as we were saying, you can have your other friend celebration, present celebration, um, but the holidays, is a, it's exactly what it is. It, it is um, holy days. Yeah, and that's not to say, you know, when we talk about New Year as, as, a, as a holy holiday, you know, in the, in the Catholic Church, we start it, it, shall we say, it ends the octave of the church, and it starts with Mary, Mother of God. What a, you know, what a wonderful way to start, one, the calendar New Year, um, but part of the Christmas octave, Mary, Mother of God, how can we not celebrate that? But one of the interesting things I noticed was that as I was reading this, uh, or as I was looking this up when I was thinking about, well, gosh, you know, we're celebrating 2021 years since Christ was born. And, you know, how does that come about? What does that mean for us as Catholics? There are other calendars out there. You know that some people say, oh, well, they're celebrating the Chinese New Year. They're celebrating, uh, I believe Ethiopia has a different calendar, and they celebrate different New Year's for themselves. They, they celebrate a different calendar because of different important events that happened uh, in the culture, in the country, for those people. For us as Catholics, what we really have to remember is that worldwide, as we celebrate 2021, 
you notice that it's a worldwide event. We see that on New Year's Eve. If you're if you're following uh, the TV and here in the United States, we wait for the big ball to fall in, in New York City, right? And that kind of marks the start of the U.S. New Year because it starts on the East Coast. But we also see the celebrations in, in Europe and in different countries. And you notice that they're all celebrating the same year. And when you ask yourself or when you see somebody celebrating 2021, you got to remember they're celebrating 2021 of Jesus, you know, 2021 years of the birth of Christ. And that's really what we're celebrating. It's a new year. It's a new year to be with Christ. It's a new year to renew ourselves with Christ. Um, and the 2021 should be a reminder to us as Catholics that that is what it's based on. And as you were saying before, when we were BC, the calendar was um, marked as in celebrations, or it was marked as in, you know, the years of maybe certain rulers or certain events. And what we're seeing now is we are in AD, 2021 AD, the reign of Christ is still going as much as people would like to say that, you know, Christ is, does not exist or, you know, we've evolved, uh, progressed past religion or, you know, any, any of these um, catchphrases and things that you like to hear. Now, the truth of the matter is when you look at these calendars, things are marked in the years of rulers and events, and, and we are in the time of Christ. And it, more than ever right now, we are in in a moment where we are seeing um, the, the true powers of Christ come come through challenging events. And that's, you know, something that we need to hold on to during this time. You're right, because even in the midst of the darkness, it's going to be the light of Christ that gets us through. That's a very important topic. More when we come back on that as we talk about New Year's resolutions and my Christmas resolutions. We'll talk about that at the next segment. All right, our listeners, to our listeners, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Always good to have you. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show, and I am Dr. Sandoval here today with my special guest, my wife, Ashley. Um, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And, you know, why would we be talking about this in the clinic? Dr. Sandoval, what does this have to do with my health, with my mental health, with my spiritual health? Well, Ashley, what do you think? If you were, you know, if I'm the doctor here and you were a, a patient coming to the clinic, what would you, what questions would you have about health and New Year's? And, and what does that have anything to do with anything? Well, I think I'd want to know what could be the best resolution for me to improve my life. I think I'd want to say, well, from a medical perspective or a doctor's opinion, what can I do to feel better, to, to be the best me possible? Right. And so, you know, one of the things, and this comes up a lot in clinic too, because people come around New Year's time, you know, if I'm taking care of somebody in, the, in say, family medicine clinic, they're always talking about health and how can I get healthier. And, you know, you're going to start seeing all the ads on TVs for, um, you know, exercise equipment and diets and things of that nature, because it, it's a very common resolution as, as human beings, our, our physical health is important to us. We just got through a wonderful Thanksgiving season, a Christmas Christmas season and, you know, different holidays that we celebrate. And of course, they are full of goodies and food and things of that <laughs> nature, um, which, you know, is, is wonderful. Um, but some people say, gosh, now, I, now I've, uh, I've damaged my body a little bit and now I want to get back in, in, uh, in good graces here. And so we think about that in, in the mental health clinic as well. When I'm, when I'm seeing patients in mental health clinic, they say, you know, doc, this year, I just don't want to be as stressed. I think I want to really take care of myself and learn how to say no or learn how to say yes, whichever is going to cause less stress. But a lot of times, a lot of times we don't think about our spiritual health when it comes to New Year's resolutions. And so one of the things that I want to talk about right now is, one, what does resolution mean? Let's look at that because I was looking that up and thought, wow, it's interesting that there's so many different definitions. I was looking at it just 
from the perspective of New Year's resolution. Let me see what resolution really means because if we're going to make a resolution, you want to know what you're talking about. But as I'm reading that, um, I saw all these different different definitions for it. And I just looked online, nothing, nothing spectacular. Um, but the first one was a firm decision, and I thought this was interesting. You tell me what you think, Ash. But I thought this was interesting. A firm decision to do or not to do something. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that's great. I mean, you're right. We always think of New Year's resolutions as I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to do this. Um, when sometimes, yeah, the resolution can be, I'm going to try to stop doing <laughs> something that I shouldn't do because we all have our own individual vices. You know, so sometimes it's really good as a resolution to say, I'm not necessarily going to try something new or different, or I'm going to just try and stop doing something that was actually damaging to me. Sure. Or it could be damaging to other people. You know, if we look at this from a, from a Catholic perspective, um, a lot of times we, we forget, but we, you know, we listen to it sometimes from the pulpit or from other people, but maybe I'm going to stop if I heard something about somebody else, maybe I'm not going to pass on that information. Not that I would consider it gossip, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm just going to say, you know what? I heard this information about somebody. Gosh, that would be interesting. I might run it by somebody. You know what? Maybe I won't run it by somebody. Maybe I'll let it die right there. Maybe I, maybe I won't, uh, you know, if I heard this about this person, it could very well be true. But what am I doing? What am I gaining by passing on this information? Am, is it really for my own personal satisfaction? Is this going to enhance that person's life? Am I doing it to better their quality of life? You know, maybe I won't do that. What do you think? No, I mean, I think that's great. Um, and sometimes it can actually be easier for us to think of stopping doing something instead of trying to do something new because sometimes when you say I'm going to try to do something new um, that can end up being mentally exhausting and it can feel like I'm adding one more thing to my plate one more thing I don't have time for it's actually really easier to say well I'm going to look at everything that I'm doing here and I'm going to take something that might not be the healthiest for me or for my family or you know those that I, I work with that I come in contact with and you know what my resolution is I'm going to stop this like you were saying I'm going to stop gossiping or you know I am going to stop trying to multitask when I'm in a meeting you know I'm going to give you know my full attention to something I'm going to stop whatever it is that is hindering me from progress or from from being my best physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, things like that. And I see that a lot in uh, in our mental health clinics because a lot of times our, our sources of depression, our sources of anxiety, sometimes we think that they are uh, based in the spiritual and they could be, um, but a lot of times it's just a matter of we live in a society that asks us to do so much. You know, nowadays you can't get a, a text message on your phone without having to immediately answer it mm -hmm. because otherwise a person feels offended. They know that you have your phone. Why didn't you text me back? I just texted. Yeah. It's like having, you know, it's like you're expected to have immediate conversations with people or we have so many different electronics out there that we're supposed to follow. I got to follow this website. I got to remember all these passwords. I got to remember mm -hmm. all these different things going on that sometimes we forget that taking a step back mm -hmm. and just not doing is actually a big source of relief. And it's a big mm -hmm. source of growth, spiritual growth, mental growth, um, that th those are sometimes the more important resolutions. Like you said, I'm going to stop multitasking. And by stopping doing things, then maybe we can focus on, wow, is it that I just needed to stop that? Or do I need to fill that void with something else? And one interesting place to start, just like you were saying, in, in our day and age with the, the phones and the computers and the, the smart TVs and the Alexas and everywhere you look, there's technology. And one place to start is, you know, I am going to stop looking at my phone at 9 p.m. I am going to stop looking at my computer. I am going to 
shut everything down at a certain time. And like you were saying, and in that silence, in that that place of hopefully will soon become peace at that moment because even scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, headlines in the news, none of that is peaceful. <laughs> no, yeah, you know? sure, not lately. No, absolutely not. You know, I mean, okay. And that, I, honestly speaking, that's one of the prescriptions I give my patients. I tell them stop watching the news because a lot of people, and if you're and if you're feeling that way out there, you're not alone. We feel this way. If we start reading the headlines and all the news and every article that's out there right now, there is really nothing peaceful about it. One of the, one of the prescriptions I give people is say, you know, this is an official prescription, just like a medication, you need to stop watching the news or reading the headlines Mm -hmm. or getting so enthralled with that and sucked in because it can be such a big source of anxiety. But then the question is, let's say that we do stop doing things. And all of a sudden, do we create a vacuum? Is that, is that all of a sudden something where we're going to leave a gap now, a, an openness, you know? I know that, you know, very common when we talk about deliverance and we talk about, you know, what we're opening up ourselves to or what we're giving ourselves to. We always talk about the gospel reading where it says that that man was cleansed of demons and all of a sudden the demon came back with seven more because they found that his home, his soul, his mind was empty. He didn't fill it with anything positive. And so if we, you know, we a lot of, uh, we have that saying, um, you know, the idle mind, right? What do we say? The idle mind is the devil's workshop. We need to fill that idle time. If we are going to stop doing things, we might not be used to having that, that time. So we got to fill it, fill it up with something. One of the things that I want to talk about was, this is why I say it's my Christmas resolution. When I was thinking about that, I thought to myself, what do I want to do for myself this year? Other than, you know, the, the usual get healthy, eat healthy, think healthy, be healthy. Of course, that's very common. Uh, maybe play an instrument. That'd be wonderful. I would love to learn how to play an instrument. I've wanted to do that my whole life. You know, every year I'm going to do that and, <laughs> and it never comes to fruition. But one of the things I was talking, was thinking about was I want to be Catholic. And what do I mean by that? People are going to say, well, Dr. Sandoval, you're already baptized. You've already been confirmed. You're already Catholic. What do you mean you want to be Catholic? And one of the things I don't think about is, and I was thinking about it more as I was looking up Christmas and what that means and why I can say Merry Christmas still on, on New Year's Eve is, do I really know my Catholic faith? Do I follow it? Is it at the forefront? Do I follow the first commandment, shall we say, where God comes first? And I think for me, and you know, anybody out there, you, you, you do what you got to do and what you feel is right for your uh, New Year's resolution. But for me, I would dare say uh, my New Year's resolution um, is such that what I want to do is I want to get up every day and see what is the church following today? In other words, um, what does it mean to be Catholic today? Who is the saint of the day today? What is the gospel reading for today, if not all the readings for the day? I am in the Christmas octave. What does that mean? I want to look at the nuances and the details of the, of the, of the Catholic faith, not in a scrupulous way, but when we start looking at it and when I started reading the octave, I thought the church is really smart. You know, the magisterium is really smart. There is a reason why the calendar is laid out the way it is. And this is why it's my Christmas resolution, because if I'm going to look at this from a Catholic perspective, I got to start at the beginning of the Catholic calendar. And so I should really say it's my Advent resolution at that point. Where does the Catholic calendar start? When do we start this? It's my Advent calendar. I thought about it during Christmas because it's when I started to realize, you know, I want to learn the nuances. I want to learn the saint of the day. What does that mean? Um, And that's why I want to be more Catholic throughout the whole year. I want to every day look at what are we celebrating today as a church? Because remember the church is universal. So if we're celebrating it, we're celebrating the same holiday across the whole globe. What do you think? No, I think that's very true. Um, you know, it, it's so important for us to continue learning about the faith. Um, and it's very interesting that you bring that up because we can become very complacent in our faith to say, I am baptized. I am confirmed. You know what? Cool. I'm Catholic. I show up to church on Sundays. I am Catholic. And I look at that. I have to reevaluate that myself every year around this time. Um, 
when we do talk about New Year's resolutions, because it's so easy to say, you know, all right, this year I am going to, you know, lose the weight, go to the gym, you know, I, I'm going to read a book a month, or I mean, you know, you come, you can come up with any resolution that you feel. But when you look at it from and when you compare the the spiritual resolution to the physical resolu- resolutions, they actually really go hand in hand. And I think people don't always realize that when you say, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get healthy this year. Well, if you show up to the gym for an hour on Sunday and, you, and then you sit there and you go, well, gee, I'm not losing weight. I'm not building muscle. I'm not getting any stronger. Well, the other six days a week and the 23 hours a day on Sunday that you didn't go to the gym, you're still eating cookies and sitting on the couch watching TV. That one hour a week at the gym is not going to change. It's it's a it's a slow process. It's a day by day. It's working at it every single day. And it's the same thing with our spirituality. We want to be, you know, dive further into our faith. We have to do the work every single day or we're not going to see any progress or any change. And you know why I thought about this? Because when I was looking up the definition of resolution, I remember, you know, in the back, we hear words and we, we sometimes just associate it with, it's kind of like when you see somebody from work and you see them at the store and you're like, wait, I'm only supposed to see you at work. Like, uh, this is odd to see you at the store. I didn't recognize you almost, even though you sit next to me at work because I'm not used to seeing you at the store. When I think about the word resolution, you know, if I think about it as in a New Year's resolution, I think about it in the very general sense. So when I was looking up the definition, I thought, of course, you know, as a scientist, how do I not know what resolution is? It also comes into play in science so much. And this is what made me think about a few things. And so bear with me if you're uh, not a nerd like I am in terms of sciences, but listen to these definitions and I want to explain them a little bit more about why it made me think about my resolution and how I wanted to break it down. So if we look at a, a resolution from a scientific point of view, one of the definitions of resolution is the process of reducing or separating something into its components. Okay, so that's one of them. Another one is the smallest interval measurable by a scientific, especially optical instrument, so the resolving power. And then the last one is the conversion of something abstract into another form. We're going to talk more about those three resolutions. What does that mean for our Catholic faith and how I want to apply that this year as I do my Catholic resolution? And then I want to hear what your New Year's resolution is. So think about it during the break <laughs> if you haven't. We haven't talked about this, but more to come when we come back from our show. Um, hope you're enjoying our show today and a happy New Year to everybody tonight. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show here. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Sandoval, and I am joined today by my wife, Ashley. We're talking about New Year's resolutions and the resolution I want to make this year. Before we get back into that topic, though, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a very exciting spiritual warfare conference coming up January 16th. Please go to our website and sign up for that. You're going to get very high intel information from Jesse Romero and Dan Schneider on some great uh, uh, ways to improve our spiritual life to really have that those tools for spiritual warfare the five stones that we're going to be talking about as we talk about our liber christo movement which i think is a wonderful wonderful way to really get closer to christ is really what it comes down to when we talk about spiritual warfare i know a lot of people think that it's about fighting demons but really it's about getting the demons out of the way so we can get closer to christ today we're talking about resolutions and i I was sharing with my wife um, the different definitions that i found of it of what resolution means and it really resonates with me you know being that I enjoy science. I enjoy seeing things from that perspective. And so we talked about three definitions that I found on what resolution means um, because, it, and I want to apply it to what, how I want to 
view our Catholic faith. So one of the definitions was the process of reducing or separating something into its components. Uh, the next definition was the smallest interval measure by a, sci uh, by a scientific instrument, or other, otherwise called the resolving power. We see this in photography and television. Um, and then we say, talk about the conversion of something abstract into another form. And so why did I want to apply this scientifically to our faith? Because during the year, what I really want to do is, the first one was the process of reducing, separating something into its components. I want to reduce the faith into this component. We say we're Catholic. It's very general. Oh, yeah, I follow the Catholic faith. Oh, yeah, no, I'm Catholic. Oh, yeah, I go to church. Oh, yeah, you know, we're all Catholic. And, and that's not Catholic, or that is Catholic, or this is Christmas. No, I want to take a step back and say, well, let's break this down to its individual components. Why is today this saint day? It might mean something, it might not. Why do we celebrate the sacrament this way? Why is it, even if it's something that I think I already know, because as Catholics, you know, we grew up with this and we think, sure, it's water and wine. Let me go back specifically to see why did Christ choose water and wine? Even if I think I already know, I want to read it again, because sometimes that reminder is helpful. You know, it's easy to say two plus two is four all the time. Sure. No, no problem. But then stop and think about it. Break it down to its components. I want to break the faith down into its components. By doing that, the next definition comes into play. The next definition is, uh, you know, when you go by a television or a camera and you say, well, what's the resolution on that? This is very high resolution. If you get high resolution, that means you're going to get a very clear picture. You're going to see things on screen for what they really look like. And I think that that's what's going to help. That's going to help me do. If I break it down to its components, I'm going to get a much better resolution of what the Catholic faith is, of what Christ is, of what it means to follow Christ. And then lastly, that's going to help me. The last definition of resolution is converting something from the abstract into another form. So instead of it being so abstract, if I just say I'm Catholic, you know, that just, you know, it means Catholic. And, and you're going to hear different people say different things about Catholic because the, the wonderful, or I say, I say wonderful facetiously, but a lot of people love to say I'm Catholic. And then they say, I'm Catholic, but oh, yes. I'm Catholic, but I'm Catholic, but I don't follow this. And we, you know, sometimes we use the term cafeteria Catholic or pick and choose Catholic. And we say, oh no, I'm Catholic, but they're really taking a very abstract uh, uh, approach to Catholicism. And really what I want to do is I want to break it down to its components. I want to see it for what it is. And that way, instead of it being so abstract, I can take it down into a much more concrete form. What do you think, Ash? No, I completely agree. And when you think about it, every time that we attend mass and we listen to the priest's homily, he is breaking down the gospel for the day or maybe the saint of the day or a reading from the day or there's some component of the faith that he is breaking down to explain to us and, and to talk to us and when somebody says to you well, you know what is what does being catholic mean to you or what do you believe as a catholic or you know these are very general questions that frankly don't don't have um, a one-stop answer or, you know, what do you believe as a Catholic? It's like, oh, do you have time? Do you have years? Because anything that you you look into, any part, any verse of the gospel, any verse of the Bible, you can sit and break down into more and more and more pieces. And, and then as we always talk about how you can compare the Old Testament to the New Testament and see the foreshadowing and the fulfilling of prophecies. And I mean, this is a never-ending study, a never-ending thing that you can look at and observe and see. And so yeah, the, I mean, and the more you break down, you know, the more resolution you, you can see in each each one of these. So Yeah, so my New Year's resolution is to gain a better resolution <laughs> of, of my Catholic faith. And so I'm going to need your help so I don't go off the deep end either because you're, you make a really, really good point. You can follow a topic 
ad nauseum to no end. And I think we also have to have a healthy approach in that. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to break it down, I got to have a healthy approach to where I'm not going off the deep end either and becoming scrupulous or anything along those lines. I think it's a very healthy approach to be able to do this, but be able to talk about it maybe with you, with friends, with somebody at the dinner table, you know, bring up the topic to bring it to real life. I don't want to keep it in a vacuum. I want to make sure that I'm keeping in the church, but I think it'll be so interesting to see. Let's look at the details. Let's look at it individually. All right. And so I've been asking you, and you, I, I still don't know. So to our, I still don't know what my wife's New Year resolution is, and I think I sprung it on her on the way here. But um, Ashley, do you have a New Year's resolution? I do have a New Year's resolution. I have a couple New Year's resolutions. Oh, wow. okay. You know, I mean, the first I can say is the very common. You know, got to lose the baby weight. Got to lose the Christmas cookie weight. You know. The, the exercise, the diet, you know, the, there's a, the very common um, resolution off the bat. But honestly, the, the the deeper resolution for me, it is also very faith-based as well. Um, and I would say it, that it really has to do with um, meaning behind my actions is my resolution. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I could sit here and tell you, oh my goodness, I pray the rosary every single day. I pray the chaplet of mercy every single day. Well, you know, good for me, right? Pat me on the back. Am I meaning it when I pray it? That's the big thing. And, you know, that is my resolution, honestly, is I need to mean what I pray when I pray it every day, because it doesn't matter if the words are coming out of my mouth or the words are being recited over and over in my mind. If my heart and my thoughts are not into what I'm doing, if I'm worried about packing lunches for the next day, the, the laundry that hasn't been done, um, rerunning an episode of my favorite TV show in my mind while I'm saying, you know, the decade of the rosary, d- does it count? Does it matter? You know, and, and is it, is it, really contributing to my spiritual growth why am I even doing it if my heart and my mind and my thought isn't into it you know um and and to me that's my my resolution is to really make sure that every time I am sitting at church every time I am saying a prayer that I put my focus into the prayer because then realistically why am I doing it if I'm not focused on it you know you make such a great point you know and and as I do this you know you, you actually bring light to my resolution as I, I think about this gosh I got to incorporate I got to get as holy as my wife here um, because <laughs> a lot of t- a lot of times um, I remember studying this in high school and it, and it really kind of dawned on me a little bit and one of the teachers uh, in our in our religion class was talking about the difference between routine and ritual you know, and he was saying, don't let your rituals become routines. And I think, unfortunately, that's what happens to us. You know, we mm-hmm. go to mass. I get there a little bit late. Wait, where are they? Oh, okay. Now I know what part of mass they're in. Now I can sit here and I can go in autopilot, you know, and now it becomes a routine, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I'm going to say my prayers. I already know them by heart. So I can just kind of go into autopilot. I think a lot of times we fall into that autopilot mode and we forget that what we're doing is actually a ritual and actually has some very important implications and consequences, but we do need that element of faith um, to put in there. Just like when we talk about in, in deliverance, I've heard many priests talk about, um, or actually if anybody's ever listened to Father Ripperger, uh, I believe I was listening to U.S. Grace Force, um, and we got you know great, great programming there, and Father Ripperger was talking about uh, prayer and how as he is doing exorcism, so he's one of, he's a very well-known exorcist, a very experienced exorcist, and how he, as he was doing prayer uh, during exorcism, she says it's really brought to light to him the power of prayer because he sees that as we are praying, something is happening, mm-hmm. and he's seeing it happen right there. Now, it doesn't have to be to the extreme of in the midst of an exorcism, but as we are praying every day, something is actually happening. We have to remember that. If we look at the Bible, 
uh, we, if, some, if people go back, I, I know that uh, Jesse Romero did a show on prayer and he was mentioning how even in the Old Testament, it talks about as you are praying, angels are coming your way. You know, whatever you're praying for, God is listening to and something is happening. It might not happen the way we want to see it, but it really comes down to we got to remember that what we're doing actually has an effect on the spiritual life right then and there. No, absolutely it does. Um, and, you know, and the one thing that I think that's really important to focus on during this time, too, is that, you know, as we talked about physical resolutions as well as the, the spiritual resolutions, is it's so easy to want to dive right in and say, you know, I'm going to start, say, a spiritual resolution. I'm going to go to Mass every single day now. I'm going to say the rosary every single day now. I'm going to do something every single day. It's so easy to get that initial motivation and to where you want to dive right in and you want to do something. And it's so important to realize that, you know what, if it doesn't happen all at once, that's okay. And it might not be the best idea to make a huge change all at once. Taking small steps, I'm going to attend mass one day a week in, in, you know, in addition to Sundays now. Or I'm going to try and say one additional prayer every day or something like that. Because sometimes when we set these grand um, resolutions, spiritual resolutions, and then you start off really well and then you stop, it can feel like a complete failure, so you give up on it. And one thing I really think that we need to focus on when we do these spiritual resolutions as well is since we do have the power of the angels, you know, coming as we pray and things like that, is to really focus on the difference between progress and perfection. Progress is amazing. We don't have to focus on the perfection of guess what? I ticked seven masses off on my calendar this week. I am I am awesome because you know what? Next week we might not get that. And so we need to focus on the progress we're making. You know what? I used to only go to mass once a month and now I made it every Sunday. That's progress. Perfection in your mind might be I made it 30 days this month. But we need to focus on the small baby steps of progress in our in our resolutions. Just because like when you make a physical resolution, you know, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Well, I ate salad for two days. Why didn't I lose the 50 pounds? It's it's all about progress, small steps. Absolutely right. I mean, realistic expectations is something I always talk about in mental health. We got to set realistic expectations because you're right. Sometimes we go in as we say whole hog and we want to do it all and we want to see results right away. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that we want to see results the way we want to see results, not in the way that we're progressing. And I think that that's really what it comes down to in the terms when we say we are practicing Catholics. I think for my resolution, it's nice because I'm taking it little Mm -hmm. chunks at a time, just what's happening today. I think that that's already built into that resolution. I didn't think about it that way. It just kind of happened. But as practicing Catholics, what makes somebody an expert? If we see a professional basketball player, they didn't wake up a professional basketball player. They had to go to practice. They had to do it every day. And they learned the skills and they failed and they got up, but they kept going at it every single day. I think as practicing Catholics, you make a great point. You know, if I start saying, I'm going to go to mass every single day, is that going to become a routine again instead of a ritual versus, you know what, when I do go to mass, I'm going to really focus on that one mass and really make that a part of who I am as a Catholic and then build on that. And then next time, maybe want to go to a second mass since I do have that understanding. I think these are such important points. I think that's so great. Thank you for sharing your New Year's resolution um, as far as uh, making sure that we keep that sense of routine uh, out of the ritual and really focus on the ritual. What does that mean for us as Catholics? Hopefully we can learn more about our faith. We can have a better understanding of our faith, a better resolution of our faith. Absolutely. Um, Ashley, um, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show and get your perspective. I learn, actually, even though you're my wife and we <laughs> live together, I learn about you every time we talk. 
Uh, I want to remind all of our listeners that we will have the Spiritual Warfare Conference January 16th. Don't forget to join us for that. Um, it's such a great conference. You're going to get high intel information. Um, I expect to see you guys back here at the clinic next week. I hope everything's going well. Go ahead and drop me an email, if you will, drdr.sandoval at gmail.com, um, and we'll listen to you or we'll, we'll be with you next week. Have a great day. <laughs>